0: Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Alliant Health Solutions Podcast, Making Healthcare Better. My name is Rakia Campbell, and I'm your host today, and joining me is Guilin Velez. She is a clinical reviewer on the Behavioral Health Review Team for Alliant Health Solutions. So welcome, Guilin.
1: Thank you, Rakia. I'm happy to be here with you today.
0: So please share with us a little bit about your work with Alliant and what you do day to day. Sure.
1: So I am a LCSW a licensed clinical social worker, and I've been with Alliant Health Solutions for just about four and a half years now. Mm -hmm. And as a clinical reviewer, I work with a team of other licensed behavioral health professionals, and we perform retrospective audits of behavioral health providers. Um, Mm -hmm. Prior to joining Alliant, I worked in various settings. I worked in primary care, I've worked in community mental health and youth shelters, so I've been doing this kind of work for just over 15 years or so now.
0: Wow. Awesome. Awesome. So for those that don't know, we've had some episodes about Alliant ASO, but Alliant ASO is a division of Alliant Health Group, um, which provides commercial health plans, Medicaid managed care organizations, and private sector businesses with services and information systems to help them increase the accessibility and value of healthcare. Um, so their core messaging, um, again, under Aligned Health Solutions umbrella is achieving the triple aim through better care, better, smarter spending, and healthier people. So today we're gonna talk about the challenges of providing substance use services. Um, so to kick this off with just a little bit of stats, the National Survey on Drug Use and Health found out that in 2018, approximately 20 million people aged 12 or older had a substance use disorder in the past year, including 14.8 million people who had an alcohol use disorder, and even 8 million people who had an illicit drug use disorder. It's estimated that 2.7 million people had both an alcohol use disorder and an illicit drug use disorder in the past year. And then in 2018, an estimated 21 million people, age 12 or older, needed substance use use treatment in the past year. So Gilin, let's start with the basics.
1: What is substance use disorder? Before I answer that, I think the first thing I have to say is that before someone is diagnosed with a substance use disorder, there should be a very comprehensive assessment, right? That looks at the whole person not just an assessment of the substance that's being used, but really an assessment of the many factors that are impacting that person and contributing to substance use. So there's certain diagnostic criteria that has to be met, but without getting into too many specifics, basically substance use disorder means that there is a pattern of continued use of one substance or multiple substances and that use continues despite having pretty significant problems related to the use of that substance. So whatever the substance is, it's now being taken in larger amounts. It's being used more frequently. There's a lot of time spent getting the drug, using it and recovering from whatever the effects of that drug might be. You're also going to see problems in meeting your responsibilities, whether that's work or school or family, these things are now impacted by substance use. Um, So one of the ways that I explain substance use disorder is to think of it as, um, as an umbrella term, right? So under the umbrella term of substance use disorder, you have different classes of substances. So some of those classes are alcohol, opioids sedatives and stimulants right not a complete list but that's just um some of the classes then within each class we look at severity and the severity has to do with how many symptoms are present and that ranges anywhere from mild to severe got it So there's so
0: many types of different substance use disorders and different severities for each as well. Mm -hmm. So what's the best treatment? Is there kind of a one, one basis of treatments, treats all, or is it kind of individualized?
1: Right. So I love that question because I'm so passionate about this. Um, What may be the best treatment option for one person may not be for the next person. Treatment really has to be individualized um, and tailored to the needs of each person. The treatment option that's safe, meaning withdrawal, detox, um, any critical medical problems are addressed, Um, the option that's least restrictive but can still effectively address whichever substance use disorder is present, that's going to be the best treatment option for that person. Uh, there really is not a one-size-fits-all approach. The care has to be individualized. So treatment can mean many things. It can initially mean detox. Um, the symptoms can be so severe that detox needs to be done under medical supervision. Treatment can mean residential inpatient kind of care for a while, or it can mean outpatients. Um, And with outpatient, there is a whole range of treatment options that vary in how often treatment services are provided and what type of treatment is also provided. Mm -hmm. That also includes individual counseling, family counseling, group counseling there's recovery coaches, there's so many different approaches and, and very important parts of treatment. Um, there's also options like MAT, which is medication assisted um, treatment. And that's also an option.
0: Awesome. So it's nice to know that there's different options, just depending on the best Um, best treatment for each person that's having having the challenge. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, So has it always been like that? How has treatment of substance use disorder changed from from years past?
1: There's been a lot of changes. Um, So right now, best practice approaches have really moved away from predetermined fixed length of stay service types. The approach now is much more focused on what is the best for the individual. And that is oftentimes a different length of time than a program may have offered in the past. Or what we see a lot of the times is that it's a combination of different types of services. Um, The ASAM criteria, which is um, the American Society of Addiction Medicine lays out different levels of care based on certain criteria and information obtained from the assessment. And one of the most important aspects of the ASAM criteria is that um, it identifies treatment options along a continuum based on severity of symptoms and intensity of services. And we should be able to move along that continuum based on changing needs and progress Mm -hmm. rather than what it used to be, which was a length of time in a particular program.
0: Got it. That makes sense. So what are some of the stigmas or preventive factors that now stop people from wanting to seek out treatment?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I I think we have definitely come a long way in how we think about substance use and just our overall approach to behavioral health in general. But there is still stigma related to getting behavioral health care, Mm -hmm. especially substance use treatment. And even more so when medication is used as part of treatment. I think there are still instances where someone hears Matt um, medication assisted treatment and automatically thinks methadone. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us have heard, oh, well, that's just replacing one drug with another. It's not really treatment because you're still taking something every day. You know, I'd like to think that we are really getting away from those kinds of things, those kinds of thoughts about Matt, but there's still a lot of education needed about this treatment option. Mm-hmm. Um, MAT is a treatment option that uses medication to treat a substance use disorder primarily. You know medication is used in treating opioid use disorder but it also can be used in alcohol use disorder for example Mm -hmm. Um, medication addresses the physical dependency to certain drugs things like withdrawal symptoms cravings um, the medication blocks the effects of opioids or alcohol you know just as an example when we're able to treat those symptoms right those physical symptoms when we're able to do that people are then able to live their lives right that mm-hmm. person is now able to be present at work it helps keep families together that parent is now better able to fulfill whatever responsibilities they have in their lives um you know and i can't stress enough that the medication is just one aspect of treatment mm-hmm. uh, the counseling the different types of therapies the case management services are all really important pieces of Matt because unless those underlying things, those underlying stressors, risk factors, if those things aren't addressed, we're not really treating the whole person. And if we're not treating the whole person, we're not going to be very effective.
0: Absolutely. That makes total sense. So, Gilin, you've talked about how um, some, some really, you've covered some really great ground here with talking about um, the definition of substance use disorder, um, the stigma surrounded ar- around it, um, how some folks are hesitant about moving forward to seek treatment with providers. Um, so let's move forward a little bit. Let's say someone has accepted, okay, I have a challenge, I need some help, and they move forward with working with a provider. What are some of the challenges the providers see on their side with working with, with their patients?
1: Sure. Um, I would say I think one of one of the challenges that we see a lot and something that's pretty detrimental to those in care is providers being able to provide collaborative care. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, having the ability and the resources to have a treatment team that meets regularly, that's um, where there's constant communication and there's accountability to consistently review and update treatment plans as things change. Why I say that this is one of the biggest challenges providers face is because when we audit providers um, in our work at Alliant, this is something that we often see when we do these audits we see that there's sometimes a disconnect between what's on the treatment plan and what's actually being provided so sometimes we see that uh, problems identified in the assessment are not always addressed in treatment oftentimes we see you know notes from the counselor followed by a note by let's just say a note by the case manager or the physician and it's clear that something has not been communicated and the treatment team isn't on the same page and things like that really impact individual outcomes. Mm
0: -hmm. So how does Alliance support provide support to the providers in addressing those challenges?
1: So when we audit a provider, we are looking for all the things we talked about. We're looking for that comprehensive assessment that is thorough and really looks at the whole person. We are then looking for an individualized treatment plan that was developed with the person. Mm -hmm. Um, We are looking for sound documentation that really spells out, what was the service that was provided? What was the intervention? How did the member respond to that intervention? Um, We're looking for family involvement, ongoing review and update of plans, you know, it's if the treatment is not effective, right? We should continually be uh, assessing this. If the mm-hmm. if the treatment is not effective for whatever reason, and there could be many reasons, um, and that's that's fine, mm-hmm. but we should then expect to see some changes made, some changes made to the in, to the intervention or to the approach to better support that person in treatment. We are evaluating, were the agreed upon services provided? Were they provided according to the appropriate standards? Um, We're looking for coordination of care with other providers that should be documented. Mm -hmm. In addition to all of those things, we also assess for quality of care concerns. Were, Were there safety issues addressed? Were the services that were provided the most appropriate? And we look for these things because we know that research has shown that these are some of the things that really contribute to the best possible outcomes.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. And it's really the best outcome, not even just for the provider um, with their record keeping and patient tracking, but also definitely for the patient Absolutely, uh, that's receiving the services. That's great. Mm-hmm. So what are the five things that providers can do to prevent or improve their processes when working with substance use disorder
1: providers? Five things. Okay. Mm -hmm. I would say the first thing would be to be competent and current in substance use disorder treatment, Mm -hmm. stay up to date on effective strategies, interventions, engagement skills, because the better informed we are, the better we can help our clients. The second thing would be to coordinate care. We can't provide whole person care if we are operating in silos. We have Mm -hmm. to be on the same team and communicating with each other. Mm -hmm. The third thing would be to remain flexible and um, adaptable in treatment. As things come up for a client, we may have to make treatment changes because that's what's in the best interest of the client. Think about the continuum. Mm we might have to have a little bit of this approach and a little bit of that approach because as things change, we have to change to best meet the needs of our clients. Right. The fourth thing would be to create good documentation practices. Mm -hmm. Things like completing your documentation as soon as possible, um, making sure that your intervention and the client response status of goals and objectives is clearly documented. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fifth thing would be to advocate, not just for those who work in substance use disorder, but really for all of us in this behavioral health space, advocating for our clients is a big piece of what we do, and that's something we just have to continue doing.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, that's great. So in su- what would you say would be um, you know, the summary, the overall focus of, of what it is that Alliant ASO does when working with um, health plans?
1: Overall, our goal is to make behavioral health care better, right? Mm -hmm. Our focus is on assuring that quality behavioral health care services are being provided and that individuals receiving substance use disorder services are well cared for. That is our ultimate goal.
0: Awesome. So if a provider is interested in
1: receiving Aliant ASO services, how do they reach out to you? Okay, wonderful. I would encourage anyone to visit our website, which is allianceaso.org, that's A-L-L-I-A-N-T.org. On the site, there is a lot of information about, just more about who we are um, and what we do and just how we tailor our services based on whatever the need is. Um, You can also contact our Director of Operations Angela Farrow, that's um, Angela.Fero at allianceaso.org.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's really been a pleasure.
1: Thank you for having me, Rakia. All
0: right. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Alliant Health Solutions, Making Healthcare Better podcast.